0: All right, Lamont, are you excited for your psychic reading today? Psychic reading? What do you mean, Lam? Well, aren't we talking to a psychic today? I'm excited. Do you think she knows anything about Zodiacs?
1: Oh, Leah <laughs> I think you misread, and it's psychiatry, not
0: psychic. Okay, well... At least we're not talking about physics.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I hate physics. (laughs) I'm Lamont, and I'm going to school for
0: counseling psychology. And I'm Leah, and I 100% have no idea what psychiatry is. (laughs) Well, today you're gonna learn,
1: <laughs> and you're, you're tuning, tuning into the Lamont and, and Leia podcast. podcast.
0: <laughs>
1: so today, Leia, we have a special, special guest. Yes. Her name is Claudia Thomas, right. and we know her because when we were babies, tiny. Well, you were a baby. I was more like a. Middle schooler, but like, (laughs) like when we were little, we went to church with her husband, Chris Thomas, and they got together with us. They chatted us up one day, and it's like, hey, like we've been checking out your podcast. We love all the mental health stuff you're doing, and my wife is in psychology, psych psych um, psychiatry, and would be interested in being on your show. So we were like, let's do it.
0: Yes, especially because, like I said, I have no idea what that is.
1: (laughs) So it's gonna be a very interesting day. We're gonna talk a lot about, like, maybe the differences between psychology and psychiatry. Um, Maybe debunk some myths about psychology and psychiatry, and Mm then um, just talk about like why it's important, like to like learn about and have in your life. Awesome. Sounds good. Let's get started so claudia
2: it's so nice to meet you today nice to meet you all as well thank you for having me
1: so we're so happy to have you on um would you would you do us the favor of introducing yourself for our listener and viewer audience
2: all right well hello everyone my name is dr claudia thomas um I graduated medical school from Loma Linda University School of Medicine in 2009, and I have been working as a psychiatrist since then. Um, I became board certified through the American Board of Psychiatry and, and Neurology in 2013, and I have worked in various roles through the Loma Linda University healthcare system. Uh, Currently, I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Psychiatry at the Loma Linda University School of Medicine. I am also an attending physician, outpatient psychiatrist, community psychiatrist, and resident psychotherapy supervisor through the Loma Linda University Faculty Medical Group. Yep, very good.
1: Thank you so much. Very qualified. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> oh, thank
2: very thank qualified. you. But I've been doing this for quite a while. Wow. I, I feel old. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so eh. T- just a number. Yes. Okay, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. You're you're fine. So today we want to talk about debunking myths about psychiatry. That's the, yep. the name and the title of this episode. So I guess the first question to help us like understand like what psychiatry is is what is the difference between psychology and psychiatry
2: and then how do they work together okay so that's a big one that i run into a lot um people are like so wait a minute are you a psychologist or are you a psychiatrist and what's the difference Uh, so i'm glad that you brought that question up um Basically, one of the easiest w- ways that you can differentiate the schooling between a psychiatrist and a psychologist is that psychologists usually get PhDs, uh, whereas psychiatrists get medical degrees. So they're either MDs or DOs. So um, MDs are, you know, doctor of medicine, DOs, doctor of osteopathy okay. or osteopathy. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> Anyways, that's all right. uh, Regardless, regardless. <laughs> so the biggest difference is psychiatrists are medical doctors. Mm. Um, so we go to through medical school. We go through residency, which is specialty training, and uh, we become board certified. Um, you know, so we take board exams three different steps during medical school and residency and then a big national board exam after you finish residency, so yeah. A lot of work. A it lot of testing work, work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, whew, I, I, I don't. I don't know if I'd have the stamina for it if I were doing that right now. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's, um, it's
1: not for the faint of heart.
2: <laughs> right, right, especially since, you, you know, in medical school, uh, you, experience all the different things that all the other doctors that you know and love experience you know you go Mm -hmm. through anatomy lab you go through all the rotations you know i rotate through emergency medicine ob internal medicine all all of the different specialties yeah um but yeah part part of the way through you just figure out what specialty you want to end up doing once you're done with medicine, medical school and then you go into that in your after your fourth year. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Um so question Yes. <laughs> From the person who has no idea really what the topic is about today.
2: <laughs> Sounds good to um, me.
0: <laughs> what type of like People, do you work with? Like, what? What is like? What am I trying to ask here? Um,
2: <laughs> I I work with yeah. human beings. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what what would be the difference with like? um Oh man, what what is my question? I'm trying to. I can't. What are words today? Uh, so, like. Therapy, right?
2: <laughs> okay. Yes. Therapy. Okay.
0: So what would be the difference in like people that you see in like a psychology, psychiatry, or just like a counselor, like?
1: Okay, so let, let's actually back up. So the second part of that was, how does psychology and psychiatry work together?
2: Aha. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, all right. Uh, the, the, the third question we'll come back to.
0: Okay, all right. Um, Okay,
2: okay. Did I just lose my finger? No, No, it's okay. All right. Um, (laughs) So how do psychology and psychiatry interact? Um, It it kind of has to do with finding the middle ground between psychology and uh, biology. So my undergrad major uh, was in psychobiology which is uh, there was a lot of there was a few courses where we looked at uh, the neurology aspect of things and psychology and found ways that they interact with each other. Um, and that's basically how psychology it interacts with psychiatry. There's the whole um, mind, emotions components um, and how uh, emotions and thoughts, Um, interact to uh, modify or produce behaviors. So that's the psychological component. And then there's the biological component, which has to do with the brain and how neurochemicals, neurotransmitters, and the balance of such can be disrupted with uh, trauma or head injuries or things like that. And how that can affect a person's mood, um, causing more issues, or people to be more prone to anxiety or depression that type of thing, or how some people are born with certain yeah. ways that the brain function that either you know uh, make them more prone to having hallucinations um, or paranoia, which means then they would probably be dealing with schizophrenia or some type of psychotic disorder, um, or uh, Uh, people born with a propensity toward ADHD, you know, just the the brain constantly firing all over the place and being very distracted. So there's a, there's, there's a lot for all of this. So I don't know if I answered your question. uh, I think I can help. Yes, please do. All
1: right. So because I'm going to um, school for counseling psychology, on my end, we definitely want to do the rapport building. And you do, too. But we want to do the rapport building. We want to make sure our clients feel safe for when they talk to us. And we want to help them unpack some of those layers. Sometimes we can't help them unpack some of those layers because they're... um, medical um this is probably not pr- proper language but their medicalness is getting in the way right medical, Like, yeah. <laughs> like they, they might be depressed and i can't even really talk to them so i'm like hey like i need to refer you to this psychiatrist who can understand everything from my notes to help you get the medicine that you need so you can actually talk to me so we can do the work and unpacking that and exactly. Stuff. So, exactly. so psychologists are the ones that do the therapy, while psychiatrists, they can do therapy, but they really don't go to school for therapy, they go to school to prescribe medicine. I
2: right. <laughs> Yep, there you go, there you go. Yeah, Question we go to medical three, school. Answered. <laughs> Yay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful way of uh, describing it. Um, I think, uh, yeah it's only a few residency programs that I think help train psychiatrists into uh, learning a lot more about the psychotherapy aspect of things. But I am not an expert in psychotherapy. I wish I could say that I am, but I'm not. Uh, I do know that the psychologists, uh, LMFTs, LCSWs, all all of these people um, are much Better trained in psychotherapy than I am, Mm -hmm. and so I will stick with my expertise, which is you know dealing with the med management Mm -hmm. aspect of things and dealing with just you know the whole health of the person, like the whole medical health of the person, and uh, I, I will refer to the psychologists and counselors and therapists as necessary.
1: Yeah, for the mental health of the 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 person.
2: Well, I deal with mental health, too. Yeah, no, so you do, you do. But
1: like, so, but like you said, like, the whole, like, physical, right? Like, make sure, like, the medicine's not affecting their lungs or their kidneys or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, like, you want to make sure their minds well. But then psychology, we're only really focusing on them. That's not true. I mean, we practice wholeness, too. Mm -hmm. It's kind Mm -hmm. of, it's kind of it's kinda of, but like obviously we can't prescribe medicine. Yeah. So then we have to team up with a psychiatrist.
0: It sounds like right. there's a lot of crossover. There really they're like dandy. it's two different things with like a lot like a Venn diagram.
2: Yes, <laughs> oh. yes. There is a lot of crossover. We're just coming at treatment from a different perspective. Yeah. Okay. So that's the thing. I'm coming from the biological
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh perspective of something may need to be balanced biologically in order for the thought process to be clear enough to be able to do therapy okay so there we go That makes all sense. right i think we came to an answer
1: all right cool <laughs> so lay does that answer your
0: question too yes it does thank you oh, great. Right. i think great. i'm a little more on the subject now <laughs> we can right, start cool. the podcast
2: awesome awesome <laughs>
1: all right so what kind of awful things have you heard about psychology and or psychiatry?
2: Um, first of all, I know that the Scientologists hate us. Okay.
0: Um, <laughs> <That sounds like laughs> Why a, do they hate us? It sounds like a website banner. It's Psych- <laughs> like, Scientologists hate them.
2: <laughs> I don't know. There's like this, I think there's this museum out in LA somewhere where the the, the Scientologists Talked about the perils of psychiatry and all of that stuff, and where I think a lot of misconceptions come from uh, that we still, you know, lock people up in cages and torture them and Not a stuff part like of that. Our history, unfortunately. unfortunately. It is very unfortunate. Um, and I'm very happy to say that we don't do that. We don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that. No. no Inform no. consent. Inform consent. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. But yeah, even the people, because uh I, I do work with an inpatient psychiatric facility, you know. Seriously, those things are set up like dorm rooms. Hmm. It 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 really is just set like set up like a dorm setting and it's just locked doors on either side of the hallway. That's all it is.
1: So why would they need to fill why would they lock the doors
2: because okay so this is uh, this is (laughs) this part gets a little tricky um a lot of times when people are um in a very severe depression so severe to the point that they are they have less of a will to live and more of a will to die
0: um Mm -hmm
2: it's because their thought clarity, their ability to make rational decisions is incapacitated. So at that point in time, they don't have the decision-making capacity to be able to say, no, I need to kill myself. You know, because either, you know, with what sometimes depression being very bad, a lot of times people hear voices telling them to harm themselves or others or to run into the street or whatever it is. So they don't have the decision making capacity. So even though they're in the hospital to try to get help, they're still not at the point where they can make the decision to leave the hospital mm-hmm. um, because their thinking is still distorted distorted thank you yeah so that's why it's locked basically it's for the safety of the people that are not able to make decisions on their own yeah
1: so earlier i was saying informed consent informed consent so they have consented to having the doors locked um if they were going to participate in that kind of medical treatment
2: i yes but they also don't have the capacity to so for some, that.
1: yeah, some of them don't right
2: yeah so, some don't a, so, a lot of them do a lot of them do you know there are people that come in voluntarily for treatment and everything and that's great but there are some of them that just cannot
1: yeah um, and so that's so like whoever's like in charge it could be their parents or their spouse or someone might give consent but like they're, they're of what's happening even if the par- that person may not be so, right. there's permissions given. Like we're just not like grabbing people up and saying
0: <laughs> you have
1: no choice it In
0: this cell of whatever.
2: Right. <laughs> well, there's no cells. Yeah. There's no, no, no. Yeah, no I know cells. that's what,
0: that's what I'm saying. It's not like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not like that.
0: It's
2: not like that. <laughs> interesting. No, it's it's yeah, it's it's a whole, uh, you know, consultation process it goes through. Yeah. Um, usually what happens is someone shows up to the emergency room saying, I don't know, I don't want to be alive anymore, or um, the voices are talking to me, or something like that. I don't know. Um, and then that's when the psychiatrist on call will go to evaluate to see if the person needs to be hospitalized um, for a more acute intensive psychiatric care. Yeah.
1: Interesting. So going back to the Scientologists, I don't know why they hate us, but I do know that John Travolta's son died, and that was their religion, Scientology, and he survived if he would have gotten a blood transfusion, but because the family did not believe in, I guess the medical side of things, which was in their family's right, like. The sun ended up passing away.
2: Interesting, because I knew about that with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. I didn't know that about yeah. Scientologists as well.
1: Oh, well, I thought I always thought John Travolta was Scientology. I wonder if I'm. <laughs>
2: I, I think he I is a that. Scientologist.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I hope
2: I not. but. but um... <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. Uh, when it comes to decision-making capacity, it, it, it can be a nightmare. <laughs> it can be a nightmare. But yeah, it basically the, the, the family's religious beliefs, um, especially if they were able to know the risks and the benefits um, about blood transfusions or not getting, you know, if, if they were rational and cognizant then they can make the decision to refuse treatment
0: um something i used to hear is, uh, wait sorry i go cut ahead. everyone off okay no, I'm, gonna, go ahead. I'm gonna lead into like another um misconception that i've heard cool mm-hmm. okay awesome. uh so something that i've heard it went around tumblr for a long time and it's starting to like kind of like phase out but you still hear it every once in a while is uh like if someone is on medication for some type of uh mental issue um they shouldn't take it because the doctors are just trying to dope them up and they should just go outside and be happy <laughs> Oh,
2: wow
0: <laughs> um, and isn't I- that
2: kind of like the whole culture of the toxic positivity
0: <laughs> yes like i I mean, I hear it less now because there are a lot of people saying, hey, no, I like to take my medication. And it helps me with, you know, this thing and that thing. Um, so like, how does that make how does that make you feel when you hear that? And like, are doctors trying to dope up all the people so that they can, no. I don't know. <laughs>
2: no, well, I can. I'm not go- I, I can't speak for every single doctor out yeah. there because, you know, there there are some Bad people in this world that make <laughs> terrible decisions, um, but from my perspective and the way that I've been trained, no, we we have no inclination to dope people up. We are my main goal is to help a person function better than they have been functioning, mm-hmm. so that they can live the life that they want to live. You know, um, so I and I. Tell my patients that are on medications and say, like, hey, if this medication makes you feel bad or you have some bad side effects from it, let me know. We can definitely try something else. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, there's no reason for you to be on this medication that makes you feel like crap. You already feel like crap anyway. Yeah. I don't need you to feel like further crap you know yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so, and that actually leads to another misconception um because i have i have i have had some patients say hey i know you want me on to be on this uh medication because yeah, you get the big money from Big Pharma. I'm like, uh-uh. I don't get no money from no Big Pharma. I don't know what you're talking about. you like, I wish I got right. the big money I from Pharma. <laughs> I wish. No, I am employed through Loma Linda University. I don't get no money from no Big Pharma. I don't care what medication you're on. Just as long as you can afford it so you
1: can actually take
2: it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and not that you're saying this. I'm saying this for you. And Loma Linda doesn't pay you enough. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, thank there's you. no big money
2: She's like, I said nothing. <laughs> I, yeah, I, did, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. But, uh, if Loma Linda watches this and is like, hey, maybe we should pay her more. I hate, i accept that. I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, thank you. I, I was not anticipating that. <laughs> um, okay. That's
0: wow. yeah, so, a. Oh, uh, What about people who are very, like, anti-medication, but, like, obviously need something? (laughs) Like... Would a walk help? <laughs>
2: <Like> <laughs> so there are actually studies that show, you know, certain um, lifestyle changes mm-hmm. like exercise and diet change can be very helpful for balancing the neuro, uh, neurochemicals as well. So, yeah, could walking outside help? Sure. Um, but a person who is, you know, psychotic, who has the voices telling them to you know put uh, aluminum foil on their heads so that the government doesn't spy on them going outside for a walk isn't (laughs) going to help you know that's that's when the medication um, can really help a lot and and that's the main thing i mean and if your belief system is so (coughs) distorted (laughs) it's okay you're good you're good if your belief system is so distorted by the psychosis like that yeah there's no way really you can interact in therapy to to start functioning better in general so yeah that's more where the usefulness of the medication is and not everybody that sees me needs to be on medication you know, um, I've had people, especially people with like postpartum depression, Mm -hmm. they're on the medication while they're experiencing the depression after the postpartum period. And then once they get out of that depressive episode, um, and they're out of that immediate postpartum period, we can wean off the medication so they don't need to be on it. You know, it's a case by case scenario.
1: Okay. What so? Lay and I come from very like, and I'm not I'm not sure if I'm even using this right. Like indigenous roots, and so what I mean by that is like, like natural remedies and stuff. Like the Hawaiians believe in like natural remedies, and um African American culture. There's some natural remedies that you would take instead of going
0: to a doctor. Very holistic sort of mindset. Yeah, like mindset. Yeah. What
1: What are your thoughts on that? Does that stuff? really work or does it not work or
2: or what do you think? So the the, the shortest answer I can give is it depends. <laughs> Some things can be very helpful. Um, there are certain herbal remedies uh, that can be very um, helpful for mood amelioration. I don't know if you all have heard of St. John's wort mm-hmm. um, yeah. or okay. uh, valerian root. Uh, melatonin mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. all of those things have had uh, I, I believe that there's evidence and research done that show that it they do affect the serotonin receptors and or the serotonin levels in the brain um, so they can be very helpful for treating mood um, but there are other things out there that may not be as helpful um, and sometimes if taken too much of can be harmful to other systems in the body too. So it's, it's, I have people that, you know, are on different probiotics or vitamins or supplements or whatever. And, you know, I don't forbid them to take them, but I also let, have them let me know just in case I know of any adverse outcomes from any of the ingredients that can come from that so that they are informed and they can make the decision on their own whether or not to be on that
1: all right
2: yeah hopefully that answered the question no it it did okay
1: (laughs) um is there anything else like that you might have heard about psychiatry that's just like off the wall it's
2: off the wall (laughs) Um, we don't do that I know, right? Ah, yes, yes. So not all psychiatrists go into the field to fix themselves. So, right? I I don't know. I I think was this a medical school? I don't know. I've I've heard from other people that like, oh, you're a psychiatrist, you must have gone into the field to, to fix your crazy. And I'm like, "Uh, no, I, I went into this field because I like working with the brain and emotions. And I just didn't want to be a neurologist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we 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 don't all practice like Freud. So, meaning we don't have people lying down on couches um, throughout sessions. It's uh, yeah. There's that. What else? Psychologists don't do that either anymore. Either. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Very old practice. What?
0: I want to lay down on a
1: couch. I mean, like, if you ask your therapist, like, could I lay down on the couch? They'll be like, they'll probably be like, um, I'm not Freudian,
2: but okay, like, if that makes you most comfortable. Exactly, exactly. Oh my goodness. Yeah, usually I wouldn't have people lying down on my couch just because I'm like, you'll be falling asleep and then I can't ask you how you're doing. Yeah. That's the thing. So don't lay down on the couch. No um oh yeah I've had other people say that I'm, I'm like a drug pusher you know uh, and I'm like mm, no, no, listen I, I may give you medication but it doesn't mean that I'm going to force you to you know, be on medicines yeah. that I don't think would be helpful exactly exactly well, you have
1: to be responsible if you take them or not one and then the medications are to help you
2: so right right I mean those are Those are the biggest things. Oh, ink blots. Yeah, we don't use ink blots. That's
0: disappointing.
2: (laughs) So, if if you come across a Freudian
1: psychologist, they actually still might do the ink block test for you.
0: Um,
2: Right, right. But not
0: psychiatrists. But yeah, psychiatrists. Yeah. Yeah. I like the ink blots.
1: <laughs> I mean, it can be telling. Cool. It can be telling, and they can tell you a lot of different things it's true. Um, about the person. But again, you're looking more at Freudian psychology versus um, psychiatry or just psychology in general.
2: Right, right. The only time I've used things like you know the drawing, like uh, what is it, the tree, person, house thing. Have you do you guys learn about that? Oh, okay. Um, Having people draw a, a tree, a person, and a house, and then being uh, interpreting the drawings mm-hmm. to see about any underlying trauma or attachment issues or anything like that. Yeah, I remember learning about that. Was it in medical school? Might have been. I don't know. Um, so sometimes I use that technique for people who um, have a very nonverbal way of interacting or got traumatized very early on in their lives um you know like when they're pre-verbal mm-hmm. um, to be able to elicit things that i wouldn't be able to elicit verbally just because they're not able to explain it verbally. Um like uh, people who are autistic and unfortunately kids who were abused before the age of three or two or something like that. So it's this is this is how psychology plays in <laughs> with psychiatry. Um, and this is also, this plays a, a lot more of a role with um, the, one of the supervisory roles that I um, have in, at Loma Linda is supervising the residents for their psychotherapy clinics. So, it helps us get more to the bottom of okay where did this trauma come from how can we help with you know processing through the trauma and as well have the medications on board to help with being able to do the therapy therapy needed interesting once again that's a normal Linda thing so <laughs> i don't know how many uh psychiatry programs there are out there that have a big focus on the uh, psychotherapy.
1: All right. So, um, with all of that said, would you be able to share a story or two about the power of psychiatry that you've experienced? Mm,
2: Okay. Um, One recent one, it might sound a little weird, but you know, (laughs) Psychiatry can be weird. (laughs) Um, So the way one person explained it, um, it's this middle-aged lady who has been taking care of everything and everyone around her, but totally um, ignoring herself and her own self-care, just got extremely (laughs) frantic. (laughs) Why are you laughing? What was happening?
1: Leia was like gesturing to herself
2: so like, oh, I can relate
1: to this lady because I've been taking care of everyone. And I need
0: self-care. <laughs>
2: anyway. We can talk after we're done. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> so, So this lady has been just going on overdrive for five, six years at least and um she's been overwhelmed but she doesn't realize how overwhelmed she is she just started having issues with anxiety and depression and not being able to get things done um you know so i go through the dsn criteria blah 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 whatever and she meets criteria for major depressive disorder generalized anxiety and all of this wonderful stuff i don't know about wonderful but all of this stuff <laughs> All the criteria, she means all the criteria. (laughs) All the criteria, basically. Um, So I start uh, her on some medication, she tries different things, nothing really helps. And then I have her on Prozac and I get her up to, you know, pretty hefty dosing of the Prozac. And she comes in at one visit, um, after she's been on like either 60 or 80 milligrams of the Prozac. And she's like, okay, you're going to think I'm weird. But I can actually see colors again. And I'm like, Aww. what? Okay, you're gonna to have to tell me what you're talking about here. And she's like, I can actually look out of the window of my car and see that the flowers on the trees are purple. Because before they were just kind of like shades of gray. Like okay, but well, well, what else have you been noticing? Well, I've been noticing, you know, the flowers in my garden are so vibrant, and the the even the the color of her couch in her house matches the walls. And she's like, I didn't know that they matched that well, and I didn't know that they were that vibrant of a green. And I and and she's like, you you think I'm weird, don't you? And I'm like, no, I think that you're finally able to focus on something other than everything that you have to do. Mm. You're finally able to see things more clearly and able to experience joy in your life and being able to, to notice things that are aesthetically pleasing because before you were just so overwhelmed, you couldn't see that before. Mm. you know. Um, so I thought, I thought that was just a wonderful description of what it can be to be on the proper treatment <laughs> right. you know um when it comes from a medication standpoint um yeah i thought that was pretty poignant yeah
1: i i'm so glad you had her explain what she meant like i feel like because i'm in psychology i knew exactly what she was talking about like there was a period where she wasn't seeing color. So it was just as soon as you said, I see all the colors, like, oh, oh, that's great. I, I wish know. I was that. Their therapist, I would probably be like, oh, happy, like happy, teared, like therapy. <laughs> oh, my
2: goodness. It, it was such a beautiful feeling. Such a beautiful feeling. Um, yeah, I guess other times, because um, I, I do see people who are adults, but they're autistic adults. So they come in with their parents or whoever their caregivers are, and um, I help with uh, helping to control uh, violent behaviors or anger outbursts, things like that, um, with the medications. And uh, some of them, a lot of people with autism actually have comorbid diagnoses of OCD as well. Mm. So... I see a lot of them come into the office, doing a lot of their stereotype mannerisms and OCD behaviors, tapping things multiple times or counting or whatever. And as I have them on the right medication reg- reg- regimen, they're able to interact better with their family members and their caregivers. Sometimes they're actually able to communicate a lot better they can actually start using words more. Um, they do less of the repetitive OCD-like behaviors that they were doing as well. They're less violent, and I've I've had some that actually started being able to have conversations with me, and I just found that like terribly gratifying. Like, oh yay, you're able to converse and communicate more. And I, yeah that that was those are some of the pointing um, times in, in treating. Yeah.
1: So I kinda wanna go back to your first story and it sounded like <clears throat> it took a while for you guys to get to that point. How like mm-hmm. how long do you say it took might have taken?
2: Yeah so it depends on the person. So with this particular person, there was a lot of rapport that needed to be built. There's a lot of trust that needed to be built. Um, And medication compliance wasn't always the utmost. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there wasn't always medication compliance. So this is where you know rapport building is very key um, in any therapeutic relationship, whether it's with a therapist or a psychiatrist here. Um, there has to be a sense of teamwork um, in treatment. So with this particular lady, she had to know that I was actually trying to help with treating her and helping her feel better and do things better rather than any of the other myth things, just making money off of the medicines or seeing her for visits or whatever and stuff like that. Um, so with her, it took a while just because the rapport had to be there. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it might have taken like a year or so, okay. something like that. Yeah. Okay. So I think the other
1: problem is, like, we live in an age of people who, like, we want instant gratification. We want it now. Like, if I start seeing you within, like, a few weeks, I expect to feel better. And if it doesn't work, then there's either something wrong with you or you're lying to me or, like, all of this stuff, right? And, like, sometimes you have to just stick with it for a while.
2: Yeah. And, oh, sorry about that, Chase. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's the problem with nearly every single psychiatric medication there is out there. It takes a long time for it to kick in. All of the antidepressants, especially, it takes a good month or two before it starts to kick in Um, because when it comes to, well, I'll give you an example with the antidepressants. The most common antidepressant is the SSRI the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, right? And the way that that works is it changes um, the proteins in the neurotransmitters to help keep the serotonin in the presynaptic space uh, longer. And if the serotonin is there for longer, then the receptors have an easier time binding to it so it's not giving you more serotonin it's just making whatever the body serotonin uh, level already is more um readily available for the receptors to hold on to okay so the whole thing is the the way that the neurotransmitters and the receptors are changed it takes changing the proteins, which takes changing the hormones, which takes several weeks to be able to change all of that. Um, just because new proteins have to be made and they have to be folded, and then there has to be enough to make the receptors and binding caps, all of that stuff. So that's why these medications take so long because they have to go through the whole process of changing hormones and protein um building everything I, I think I just lost you all sorry I got a no, little too complicated no. over there no 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 you
1: didn't um <laughs> okay, no, okay. like I, I learned all this in my pharmacology class so mm-hmm.
2: yeah, yeah yeah so that's the problem every single antidepressant is going to take time mm-hmm. for it to really start kicking in and working um and what I usually do for a person is I, I start them on the medication and then I say all right, we're going to see if you have any problems or side effects from the medication Mm -hmm. in the first month before I see you again. Because if you do, then we can try something different. You know, it's all about what they can tolerate from the side effect profile. Mm -hmm. Rather than seeing if the medication will make them feel happy within a week. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it won't do that. Mm -hmm takes time (laughs) it takes time and it takes a lot more than medication yeah frankly it does take the therapy component and then you also said
1: something very important medical compliance Mm -hmm. or medicine compliance like you are responsible for taking your meds how you're instructed to take your meds and if you're not doing it and you're not getting
2: results then like come on like what can i do as a doctor like exactly exactly no i've had some people and i think that with that particular lady where things weren't working very well she was taking the medications as needed Mm. i'm like no 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 No. you don't take (laughs) antidepressants as needed it doesn't work like
1: that you need to take them as i prescribe them (laughs)
2: Oh. Right, right. So so that's the thing. That's actually a common misconception that a lot of these medications can be taken as needed. No. Mm. A lot of them have to be taken on a continuous basis so there can be a blood level of the medications available to make the protein and hormonal changes there. You know, it's kind of like with treating thyroid issues or with treating diabetes or something, you know, you don't take, well, yeah, 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 you don't take certain medications as needed. No, you take it all the time Mm. in order to be able to change the hormonal balance or change the, you know, chemical balance in the body, you know. Makes
0: sense.
1: I think Leia has a question for you.
2: Yeah.
0: So, you know, I spend a lot of time on social media. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I feel like every single day there's someone else going, Oh, I just got diagnosed with... I just got diagnosed with...
2: anxiety, anxiety, depression,
0: depression, bipolar, anxiety. Oh my goodness. Bipolar
2: is so overdiagnosed. I can't even with that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It always seems like someone is always being diagnosed and they're almost always like older teen adults to like middle age. So I'm just wondering if like, has it always been this way? Or is it just because now people are just seeking more help because you know, there's been a really big push in social media, like in the last few years like hey if you're feeling this way go see someone get some help. Um, so I'm just like wondering, either of you. Do you have, do you have any answers.
2: <laughs> I, I say yes, it's all of the above. No. Um... <laughs> I think, frankly, with social media being as readily accessible as it is, um, we're able to see things more that we weren't able to see in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, just like with, uh, you know, new news reportings of different things happening, Um, you know, people are able to say, hey, I've been diagnosed with this, and you're able to see it whereas in the past the only way that you would be able to know if they were diagnosed with it is if they called you on the phone or they wrote you a letter or yeah. you know what i mean uh-huh. so it's part of it is it's kind of like a selection bias to some extent of uh, you know where, no it's not a selection bias. it's some type of bias but we're able to see it more readily um other parts of it is there might be a destigmatizing component that could be leading to people going out yeah to yes, so getting let's more help
1: de-stigmatize it
2: destigmatize right right so there may be something like that going on with people saying hey it's okay for you to go out and get help mm-hmm. hey it's okay for you to be diagnosed with this that or the other thing mm-hmm. you know you can still be successful even with having this diagnosis mm-hmm. um, i would much rather hope it's something like that yeah um you know, and then unfortunately, there are people that um go to quote unquote Dr Google <laughs> and <laughs> diagnose themselves, mm. you know so there might be some of that as well, guilty, yeah, right <laughs>
1: guilty. like look, like I'm experiencing this in the symptom. What is this in me? right to right
0: me, for me right now, it's dr TikTok.
2: <laughs> There you go. there we go. So so yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, no people don't do Dr. Google anymore. I'm totally dating myself as a person <laughs> no, with all of my definitely. references to social media. <laughs> um, Rotary phones. No,
0: I mean, at least for me, I'm seeing it more on the like destigmatized side of it because like previously I would have never, ever, ever ever reached out for anything. And then I did. I mean, granted, I only went to two sessions and then quit that. But, like, I would have never before. <laughs>
1: right. And if, if you feel the need to quit, Leah, I would recommend finding a different therapist. Because, like, I always tell everyone, therapy is for everybody, but not every therapist is for everybody. You got to find yeah. your groove.
0: She's not. Mm-hmm. They were not. Um,
1: <laughs> and that's fit. okay.
0: They were not a fit. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay.
1: It's, okay to, it's okay to say, this person's not a fit for me and I need to find someone that fits me better.
2: Exactly, exactly. And I tell my patients that too, that come to see me. And I'm like, hey, I will do what I can to help you out. But if I feel like you might get better help from someone else, I, I will let you know. And then you have the choice of going to see someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to see me. (laughs) I'll just do the best that I can. And if it doesn't work out with me, then then you go see someone else that will do better for you. You know?
1: Okay. Yeah. So, Leia and I are always talking about mental health not always but like we're either talking about it or referring to it mental health mental fitness there's some like component in our show about it like taking care of yourself or putting it back on yourself or ways to have better social interactions which is part of mental fitness or mental health why why is psychiatry or psychology so important and how can we make people more comfortable in seeking help
2: that's the question of the year, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> Why is it so, so important? I mean, basically, no, no matter who you talk to, our thoughts and our emotions affect our behaviors. That's a thing. And vice versa, our behaviors affect our thoughts and emotions. Let me see if I can pull that diagram. Hold on. Keep going. Yes. Keep going. Okay, okay. <laughs> so if something is off, with you know your mental health, whether you're constantly anxious about things and that keeps you from being able to start things or get things done. If you have ADHD, you can't focus. if you're depressed, you can't get out of bed. you know um, if you have something like that going on, you're not going to live the fullest life you can. Mm. You're not going to be able to accomplish the things that you want and for some people it might lead you to feeling hopeless to the point where you might take your life you know um it's extremely detrimental if these things are not addressed sooner than later and you know some people out there might be like well no one's going to understand me no one has been through something like this like i have i i I can't, I haven't worked in this field for, you know, 30, 40 years or whatever. But in the 10, 15 years that I've worked here, I have heard so many similar stories from people. Not the same story, because no one goes through the exact same thing and reacts to things exactly the same way. But similar stories. I lost a job and then I got depressed, uh, we'll had this relationship and it, it fell through somehow um and then i got depressed or you know i had this medical diagnosis or i had this brain injury or i had this or that or the other thing um you know the the stories are similar there's always going to be someone out there that can understand where you're coming from and what you're experiencing it just takes being able to find that person and in some ways it, it takes a lot of courage to be able to go out and seek help. Um, I've had so many people that have said, I've tried so hard to not come in and see you because it it feels so weak. And I was like, you know what? It takes a lot of courage to come out and see me. Nobody wants to see a psychiatrist. Not a single person wants to see a psychiatrist. The fact that you are here in my office right now tells me how courageous you are. Mm or how bad things got to the point where yeah. you're finally saying, I need to see something.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So um,
1: you were just speaking on, on this little thing, and it, it might help someone to see it. So I love talking <laughs> about this. Let me go ahead and share. It's a little diagram. And at the top, it says thoughts to the left corner it says feelings and to the right it says um hold on behavior and there's an arrow each way going like pointing both ways showing that's reciprocal relationships so our thoughts impact our feelings and our feelings impact our thoughts our feelings impact our behaviors and our behaviors impact our feelings our behaviors impact our thoughts and our thoughts impact behaviors and it keeps going around it's a cycle
2: right Mm -hmm. um that's the basis for cognitive behavioral therapy right there
1: yeah right there right there yep
2: yep this is also
1: known as a cognitive triangle sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if i'm not taking care of my mental health or if my thoughts aren't healthy then my behaviors aren't going to be healthy my feelings about myself are not going to be be healthy or if my feelings aren't healthy it's going to affect my thoughts and my behaviors or Mm -hmm. if i'm not eating well which is a behavior it's probably going to affect my thoughts and my feelings. Like, man, I feel crappy today. Well, maybe you shouldn't have had that big, huge burrito. Maybe you should've only
0: had half. You know, no. <laughs> always have the big, huge burrito. That makes me feel a lot better. Like I love burritos. I do. <laughs> hey,
2: I'm pussy there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, did did we answer your question?
1: Yeah, so, yeah, it's important to, so I guess we need to answer, like, how can we help people be more comfortable? And I think Leia mm-hmm. kind of talked about it, like, things are being destigmatized, mm-hmm. um, people are, f- like, like we have Demi Lovato out there saying, get help, you know, she's a big icon, yeah. um, she got help, and she they... encourages other people to get, they, you're right, they got help, and <laughs> she, they encourage other people to get help.
2: Um True. And that's a big thing a lot of times celebrities just because all eyes are on them um they have a a bigger impact on being uh, on coming out as being diagnosed with something Mm -hmm. or having these certain mental health uh, issues or or struggles Um, a lot of times if they come out as saying hey i sought help and i got better because of it that can be incredibly destigmatizing. Mm-hmm. unfortunately it can also be the opposite because yeah. you know, we have britney so
0: free britney yeah
2: yeah <laughs> wait britney.
0: wait wait what do you mean by britney
2: what is the opposite so britney got caught up in in a terrible scandal with conservatorship with some shady people okay and um she she may have had some mental health issues at some point in time but in my opinion i don't think she needs to be under a conservatorship at this point in time but i don't know her whole case yeah okay you know so with her because it's so public or whatever people might say like oh no i don't want to go get help i don't want to end up like britney
1: right gotcha okay that's what
2: i mean that I that's thank you for tying
1: I mean. that in gotcha yeah
2: yeah right. and that's the thing not not everyone ends up like that we don't do straight jackets anymore like seriously we don't <laughs> we don't the shock therapy stuff that you guys probably have seen you know people like you know I don't know if you guys have heard of shock therapy. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, my my understanding it still happens but not
1: because you have like a it has to be an elective thing that you choose. And mm-hmm. you're trying to actually like trigger something. But not like not all patients are going to get it. Um I think it's more for like like try it on epileptics cuz they found it actually
2: No, so basically no. Okay. what shock therapy is we don't like to call it shock therapy. We call it electroconvulsive therapy. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So basically what it is, is um, in a very controlled environment, um, inducing the all of the brain to be activated to kind of reset the brain's neurochemical structure to help with uh, treating very severe and or treatment refractory Mood issues, whether it be depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia. That type.
1: Okay. 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 Yeah. I thought they were finding progress with um, epileptics, people that have seizures.
2: Um, it would be easier to induce a seizure in a person who already has seizures. Okay. So, so they're not using it. With yeah. The, okay. I don't know
1: why I thought they were. No, like no, no, no. Like I mean, resetting of the brain and stuff.
2: Well, I mean, it, it, it's. So, this is the thing, you know, when it comes to electroconvulsive therapy, you do um, administer a small amount of electrical impulse to trigger a seizure um, that basically, you know, uh, lights up, quote unquote, the whole brain. And that's the process that helps to reset the neurochemicals of the neurochemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, so a person who is epileptic or already has a seizure disorder, it'd be easier to trigger a seizure in them.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: So science. that's fine. I know, right? All of these, all of these things you're like, oh my goodness, so there's like, so many science. So remember,
1: terms. guys, that's an elective therapy. It's not a first-hand, we're going to go do this therapy kind of thing. Um, I think you actually, like, because of all the bad things that have happened in psychiatry,
2: you have to, like, qualify for Oh, yeah. No, so, so this is the thing. Um, before insurance will approve of ECT to be done, uh, there have to be a number of medication trials and failures um, first. A uh, number of treatment modalities tried and failed first. And um, in order for uh, the first treatment to be done, there has to be three separate doctors that evaluate the patient for the necessity of the treatment. You know, and, and yes, it is very voluntary, um, it, it's, it, it's not something that is done against a person's will good yeah no and it's not scary it, it's it, it's really just like a surgical procedure they're under general anesthesia you don't see anything really
0: yeah. it's not like the movies yeah.
2: where they're just like ha ha ha, ha. <laughs> yeah no no not at all it is it, it, it is so different from the movies. The only thing you might see is like the big toe like bump, going up and down or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. That's it. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's totally different. Okay, sorry, I got on the whole PC <laughs> No, time. no,
1: it's, it's totally fine. Actually, I think right now would be a great time to take a break.
2: That's great. Yeah. Let's do it.
0: After we talk about big toes, we can take a break.
2: <laughs> Yay, big toes! Vermont.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Recently... The children went back to school it is true i think like maybe just last week or maybe are um, starting next week yeah 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 like two weeks ago really uh well i yeah, like Col- Colton school started different times but yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, school started it's different times but the back- colton
1: school district um out here in san Bernardino went back that's one of the main ones i work with yeah it went back about two weeks ago wow
0: yeah. anyway i thought today because of back to school season season we would do a show and tell fun <laughs> fun so lamont what have you brought to show and tell today um i brought
1: my alexa
0: is <laughs> <laughs> <It's> echo dot
1: <laughs> i love using alexa i use her for so much like mm-hmm. especially like a lot of She's <laughs> just... responding. <laughs> yeah, especially um, um, when we're like doing pop culture things, And, like uh-huh. I wanna know someone's birthday or when they died or when they
0: got married or who they're dating. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask her that. Are Are you not concerned about them listening? I don't care.
1: Like, what 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 are they gonna listen to? Like me being like a total, total drama king over here? Like, like. <laughs> I have no government secrets.
0: <laughs> That's what I always say, too. I really want one, but Patrick doesn't like them. Or his, both his and his dad don't like them. But, I mean, I guess Patrick's dad does technically work for the military. So, okay. I'm, I mean, in his case, maybe. For me, all they're going to find out is how often I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's really cool is, like, I can order things
1: through her, like, so, like, so, like it, it hooks up with my Amazon. Oh, and I use it a lot for going to bed, so I'll be like, I'll say her name, <laughs> 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 and then um, read me my book or read me a story, Yeah, and that's really nice, like, nice. So there's a lot of helpful things that happen. I'm trying to, I need to get my lights on it. And then like, I need to get my TV on it. Like it turns it off, but it won't turn it on. And I think I have to like get a special thing to do that. you I mean. gonna have
0: a smart house. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> um, so my item is actually a relic. This was my very first digital camera.
1: Ooh. This is
0: what started it all, ladies and gents. Mm was a Kodak EasyShare E C X 7300 with 3.2 megapixels.
1: Wow, well, that was like really good back then, right? I guess.
0: Uh, what are the me- what are the megapixels today? Like Like 12 plus.
1: Wow.
0: I don't even know what my other camera is, but yes, so it was mostly for photography cuz originally I was into photography, it wasn't video. Um, plus this thing could only do thirty seconds of video at a time, no audio. <laughs> wow. But yes, I took many good pictures on this little thing. She's chunky, but like honestly, there's not much of a size difference between her and my mirrorless camera. Oh
1: wow. Like,
0: yeah, it's a little that. smaller,
1: but yeah. like yeah
0: very comfortable but yes this is the camera that started it all i started off in photography decided i loved video and there you go very cool i tried to take selfies on it the other day but the sd card reader doesn't work so i was sad (laughs) anyway
1: (laughs) so if you're watching what's something you would want us to share with leia and i
0: yes uh, show tell and tell us, us in the comments or instagram <laughs> yeah send us pictures well yeah i guess you can send us pictures yeah and instagram show and tell us in the instagram message or
1: or facebook yeah or facebook at the lml productions
0: awesome yeah all right claudia
1: thank you so much for joining leia and myself on our podcast thank you for having me <laughs>
0: had
1: a great time yeah, yes. I had a great time too. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we laughed a lot. Yes. I know, right? My yeah. cheeks
0: are hurting. <laughs>
1: <Ow>. <laughs> um, so before you go, yes. is there any project that you are working on or would like to talk about?
2: You know, I th- I thought I thought about this question, but I, 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 I didn't. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry um any project that I'm working on I I can't say that I currently am other than you know hoping praying that people's interactions with me can help with de-stigmatizing seeing a psychiatrist um you know that's probably the least that I could do um and hoping that you you also experiences and podcasts and everything like that help to lead with the destigmatization process, just because, man, this, this country, this world needs a lot of mental health care yeah. and a lot of people need it and either don't realize they need it or don't know where they can get the help from, so um, yeah. I don't have any specific projects, just the global project of, you know, trying to save a life one person at a time.
0: That's a great project. (laughs)
2: There we go. So um, we kind of
1: talked about you becoming a professional podcaster. So (laughs) if people wanted to get in contact with you, what would be the best way for them to do that?
2: So if it has to do with my work, Probably my professional email address would be the best, um, so that would be ccarmona at llu.edu. Um, yeah, that, that should be it. I, I mean, I could give you my work my work's phone number. You know, if you're interested in getting mental health care of you know, you live close to the Loma Linda area. Um, there are people available at where I work at the Lomelando Behavioral Health Institute um, that can see you for therapy or medication management or a combo of the two. Um, so the my work's phone number, uh, um, 909-558-9551, that will go to the front desk. And you know, if you're wanting to schedule to see an appointment, uh, to, to see someone for a new appointment, they can transfer you to the intake department, and you can get in to see someone. Uh, it might not be me, and that's okay. There's plenty of good people that work in in this building outside of me. So,
1: all right. So, yeah, we'll and Mama Linda. Things. Yeah. Yeah, and Mama Linda is located in California. Um, yes. and the Inland
2: Empire, so. Inland Empire, 60 miles away from LA. <laughs> All
1: right, and then finally, um, would you leave us with a few powerful thoughts or words or any kind of message? It doesn't have to be about this, but, like, just anything you want people to, like, know or feel. Um, that would be really awesome.
2: Hmm. I think one of the most poignant things that I've been learning from my patients throughout the whole process is crying isn't a sign of weakness; it's Agreed. a sign of you have been having been so strong for so long. I love that. That it sounds kind of cliche, but no, it's totally true. Um, Sometimes all you need is, is, is a little cry and then you can just get on throughout the day. And it's okay. It's okay if we cry, you know. It's, it's, it's just your eyes sweating. <laughs> I like that. Okay, there we go. <laughs> once again, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thank you once again for having me. And, and hopefully, yeah, we can continue this, this education of everyone. Yes.
0: And thank you to our listeners and viewers. And we'll see you next week.
1: Today's life lesson is make mental fitness a priority. What is mental fitness? Mental fitness are the things that you do every day or often to keep your mind, body, and spirit healthy. Mental fitness is a priority. So I'll leave you with this. There's a big difference between can't and it just isn't a high priority. And that is today's life lesson. This has been the Lamont and Leia podcast.
0: Created by Lamont Damon and Leia Nakahiki. Special thanks to our guest, Dr.
1: Claudia Thomas.
0: This episode's topic was brought to light by Dr. Claudia Thomas.
1: This episode was edited by Leia Naka'ahiki.
0: Our music is from Ingenue.
1: Let us know what you thought of our show or give us some topic suggestions
0: by sending them to our Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Did you know we have a YouTube channel? A link can be found in our show
2: description. As always, thank you for listening.